Welcome to the shit show of my 20s. My name's Sophia. I'm a 20-year-old from California, personal development junkie. I'm a loan officer by day, podcaster on the weekends. I've always loved listening to podcasts. My personal development journey started early in high school when my ex broke up with me, and I just didn't know how to handle it. So I googled how to get over your ex, and I went and saw all these articles about personal development and really working on yourself. So I was like, you know what? I'll give it a try. And I got into one podcast. It all started with the School of Greatness with Lewis Howes, and then I just started to spiral and see Tony Robbins and just see everything and see everyone and listen to Angie Lee. And I've always wanted to start a podcast, but I've always gotten my own way. So I pushed it off for a couple years, and then I got furloughed from my job back in April. And I decided, you know what? Now's the time. It's either going to happen now or it's never going to happen. So I just did it, and I started. And I post. I sent all these DMs to so many different people. I thought so many people were going to say no. And to my surprise, a lot of people said yes. So I ended up overbooking myself, doing three to four interviews a day for the first couple weeks. Was furloughed for ten weeks and really maximized on that time and just did a ton of interviews. And it's been incredible getting to interview so many different people from so many different walks of life and just hear about their struggles and how they were able to overcome them and reflect back on their twenties. I've interviewed such a variety of people, from therapists to a chef who called off her engagement and called in the one, to a singer, to multi seven figure entrepreneurs, to a real estate investor who retired at twenty seven and is making over five figures of passive income every month. And it's been so incredible to hear these stories and these unfiltered conversations, and just being able to ask any question that I want. And if there's one thing I want you guys to get out of this podcast, it's just to really live full out because you never know when, you never know if you have tomorrow. We really only have today in this moment, so might as well just live full out. If any of these topics resonate or any of the episodes resonate with you, I would really love if you would leave a review and share it with a friend who you think it might resonate with. Today's guest is Yasmin. I love chatting with her. We talk about how she got into love coaching, how to fight smarter, the five love languages, and how to keep yourself from losing yourself when you get into a relationship, and so much more. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this episode. Let's get started. So thank you so much, Yasmin, for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you and getting to know your story. I'd love to know how did you get to the place you are right now? What was a turning point for you? What made you really want to get into this line of work? Right. So thank you so much for having me, first and foremost, Sophia. So like, it's so funny how I feel like most people and me, like I'm speaking from a personal perspective, whenever we have such a big event, like an earthquake event that shakes up our, our inner world, that's when we start to kind of dive into our passion and what we want to do and how we want to help other people. And that's what had to happen to me for me to be like, okay, this is something I really want to get into. And I want to help other people step into their power. And basically it was after my, my breakup, my previous breakup, it was a four-year relationship. And I had known my ex like 
seven years prior. So we were best friends, you know, like we had a really, really strong friendship. It was a really beautiful bond that we had when we were friends. And then when we got into dating, you know, the first two years were the honeymoon phase and all the giddy feelings of like, oh my God, I love you. And I love being with you and all the things. And then as time started, you know, going on past the two years, that's when we were like, okay, we're hitting a phase where there's a shift. And we actually started to feel that shift and it started to get super traumatic and super toxic. You know, that's when we hit the point of this isn't going anywhere. And we both knew it, but we were, it was a trauma bond. So we were holding on to the fact that we had gone through so much together that he was the only one that really understood me at that point, And I was the only one that understood him. So it was, sen- it was a sense of like, you know, my secrets, you know, everything about me, no one else knows. So we felt safe with each other. And that's really what held us to that relationship for four years or else we would have been done at the two year mark. Mm-hmm. But it was super traumatic. It was a lot of ups and downs. It was such a roller coaster ride. And we got to a point where we were just like, this is not literally we're hitting a wall. This is going nowhere. And it was really hard. It was really hard to detach from that because I created this illusion of this is the person I'm going to be with forever. This is the one, you know, and I didn't see myself with anyone else. I didn't, I didn't want to connect with anyone else. I just wanted to be with him. And whenever I thought about us breaking up or us, you know, him being, him being with another woman or me being with another guy, it would like make me feel really triggered and really anxious. And that held me on like to the relationship. I kept holding on because I didn't want to see that, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to jump into that fear of the unknown. And I was so much more comfortable being in my misery in that relationship than meeting someone else or doing something else that I didn't know would be safe for me, you know, because humans are so (laughs) stuck to one thing. that we don't really want to go past that comfort zone. So after that breakup, um, I went uh, on vacation for a month and that was really what helped me kind of get back to, you know, what I wanted to do, what my beliefs were, what my values are. It's really important that we check in with ourselves because we change so much. And I realized how much I changed in those four years. And I was like, I'm so happy that I'm not with him anymore. And it was such a deep realization that I was like, this is weird to even admit or to even understand or comprehend that like, I want nothing to do with him ever again. You know, and we ended things on a mutual note. Like it wasn't, uh, it wasn't toxic. Like it was hard, but it wasn't toxic. We didn't end up hating each other. But it was, it was still difficult because we, were, we had such a strong friendship that we had to lose that in order for us to be able to heal. And to this day, you know, we don't speak, but it was really hard to keep those boundaries because it was like, oh, I really want to talk to him. Like, he's like my best guy friend. Like, what do I do? And it was just, it was, it was really, really challenging to get past that. And then that's when I was like, I want to help other people step into their power and be able to maintain and have healthy, loving relationships and call that in as well, you know, through manifestation, through personal development, through really looking at our own shit and being able to get past that. So we can open up and invite someone else incredible into our life. And that doesn't mean perfect, you know, cause we're never going to hit that point of perfection and we're never going to manifest someone who's perfect. Like there's always going to be situations, but it really all comes down to, um, pretty much like finding, finding ways to work through your shadows and work through the shit that holds you back. 
you know, and that's, that's hard because your ego doesn't really want to accept that (laughs) you're wrong. And everyone's ego is always like feeling that resistance when we're in the, in a place where we want to grow and, and learn more about ourselves. So after the breakup, I, you know, started to take courses. I started to read a lot. I started to just use my own experience and my own learning to help other people. And I felt like I just found the love of my life, which was my, my path and my purpose, you know, my mission on this planet. And it felt really good to like, that really lit me up because I was like so lost before and I didn't know what I wanted to do career wise. And on top of that, I wasn't in the healthiest relationship. So my life was like a shit show (laughs) essentially. So, you know, past that I was like, okay, like this feels really good. I feel like I'm on a better track. I feel like I know myself more. I know what I want. I know what I want out of life. And now I can better uh, step in for myself and for a new partner that will be coming in. And so uh, after that, I did a lot of work. I extensively worked on myself. I worked with a, a relationship coach and, you know, I did the work. I really, I meditated every day and I journaled every day and I practiced, you know, gratitude every single day. I did all the things, you know, all the self-growth things. And, you know, I did the yoga and I did this, and I did that. And I got really, I got real with myself, you know, and that's when it was kind of like a slap in the face of, I continuously attract certain men and I continuously attract men who are avoidant, who uh, don't want to look at their own shit, you know, and a part of that feels like I want to blame them and point the finger. But then I'm like, wait a second, what does this say about me? You know, because at the end of the day, it really does come down to that as painful as that is to understand, but it really comes down to what does, what do the people in my life say about me? Because relationships are a very clear mirror and every single person in your life is a clear mirror, but especially an intimate relationship is a super clear mirror because they really show us our, the things that we struggle with and our deepest insecurities and our deepest scars and wounds. Um, and if we know how to use that to our advantage, we can have a really healthy, beautiful relationship with ourselves and with that person. But the, the goal here is for both people to be doing the work, you know, because we can't, it can't be a one-sided thing. It has to be both people are a hundred percent willing to have a conscious, loving, amazing relationship. So after doing all that work and really getting into it, that's when I actually called in my current partner, (laughs) which is. It's funny because my ex-boyfriend knows my current partner and that was a really weird thing to get past. They, they thankfully weren't best friends or anything. That would have been really awkward for me, but they knew each other. And so just them knowing each other was a really weird thing I had to get past because I felt so much guilt and I felt so much shame of like, you know, my, my ex is going to think this and he's going to think I cheated on him. And he's going to think I, you know, was attracted to someone else while I was dating him and all these things that like replayed in my head, all these stories. And that wasn't the truth. So I just kept going and I was like, I know that I'm, I'm doing things with the right intention. You know, I'm doing the work to get to where I want to be. And this guy really showed up for me, you know, when he came into my life and showed me literally the things that I was calling in. And I was kind of in shock because it all happened really quickly. It happened in like the time span of eight months. And I was, you know, I didn't have the intention of getting into another relationship. My goal was just to focus on myself and do my own thing. And it just ended up that I called my next partner and it's been such a wild ride since, you know, we we're going to hit two years next week. 
So it's been, it's been a, a wild ride and it's really been, there's so much growth in this relationship as well. And again, there's no perfection, but there is so much growth. And I have, I'm such a different person now than what I was with, with my ex. And I'm grateful for that because that's exactly what I wanted. That's what I, what I manifest. That's what I asked for is to be able to step in in a different way for my next partner. And so I am. And that's a constant, you know, everyday <laughs> journey. You just have to keep working on that. There's no escaping it. There's no shortcut. You know, we all want to be able to do that. But in order for us to really get what we want, we have to put in the work and we have to align with that as well. So since then, you know, it's, that was my, that was my greatest catalyst and I love it. It lights me up. Um, what I'm doing really, really makes me happy and allows me to help others in their journey as well, both men and women, because everyone struggles just as, you know, equally. And it's been just a great, amazing wild ride. And I love it. And can you go, when you were in that phase of like going back and forth with your ex, because you have so much history, so much things involved with him, were you ever worried, am I going to be able to get better than this? Is this like the best it's going to get? And also when you met your partner, was he already on his personal development journey when you met him or did you influence him or? Beautiful question. Oh my God. You're amazing for asking that. Um, so with my ex, I absolutely felt that I, back then I didn't really have much self-worth and he was, my ex was very manipulative and I felt like he, he was very emotionally abusive at times and psychologically too. Like we got to that point where we were both toxic for each other, but I started to lose a lot of confidence as time went on with him. And so did he, you know, in his own way. And I would really think about it. I would be like, if I break up with him, I might not be able to get better than this. You know, and that was such a fear for me. Like that was like, my biggest fear. And that's why I wanted to continue that relationship um, because of the fear that I, it was holding me back. And that was resisting me from growing and being with somebody else. But I would challenge that. I would truly challenge that every day. And I'd be like, you know, that's not true because there's so many men in the world, you know, and I could absolutely find someone that is better suited for me. Like we, we just grew apart, me and my ex, and that's okay. It happens. We thought we were for each other. We came to a point where we grew and we hit a point that this wasn't going anywhere and he wasn't into personal development. I was. So that was quite, quite possibly the biggest difference there was that was the issue because that's a value that I hold very near and dear to my heart is I, I love personal development and I always prioritize that. That's my number one thing. And I want someone to be able to do the same without me having to be on top of them all the time or reminding them or being a mom figure to them or being a coach or a teacher for them, you know, cause that's codependency. Cause now we're getting into the side of that's not healthy. And we are also not allowing our partner to step in and show up the way they're supposed to show up. You know, now we're kind of like hiding away from that and doing the work for them when they should be doing it themselves. So that was, that was a really hard realization for me. And I was like, okay, I have to step away from this because I am forcing my ex to be something that he's not. And potential is wonderful, but we can't fall in love with potential. We have to fall in love with what the person's showing us because that's the reality of it. We all have potential to be incredible and grow and do all the things, 
But if they're not showing you in that moment, that is the answer. You know, there's nothing else to it. We, I think as humans, we like to complicate things and we like to look beyond things sometimes and, and, you know, kind of go in our heads and make things really complicated and complex. But at the end of the day, like what that person shows you is what they are in that moment. Now they can absolutely grow into that, but they have to be willing to do it themselves. So that for me was really difficult. And when I met my current partner, he had been single for, you know, six years prior to dating me. He was in flings and, you know, he was in a fraternity in college. So of course, like women was a big part of his life and, you know, sex was a big part of his life as well. And like one night stands and all that stuff. And I was always in relationships, you know, so we had a very, like we came from very different backgrounds and we had to be able to talk about that openly and understand each other. You know, even though we didn't fully understand each other, we still tried our best to be like, okay, I have the patience to be able to help you to help you grow but the goal here is for me for for me not to force you to be something you're not this has to come from a place of you wanting to and you being ready to actually step into being your best self and you know the same went for him he was afraid of me judging him you know for having one night stands and you know having sex randomly with women and stuff and that was difficult because I I didn't understand that you know and he didn't understand me either of being in in long-term relationships all the time. So he, you know, he worked on himself in different ways because he was single and he was able to really focus on like school and his career and like his own path. But I think when you're in a relationship, you learn so much more and there's like another level of growth that be, that is uncovered when you're in a relationship that he was not aware of. So <laughs> it was for him definitely like an awakening of some sort of like, whoa, I didn't know that this realm even existed of personal development, you know, and even, even today, actually, it's funny. We had a conversation about that um, because we're finding ourselves in like this cycle of conflict that keeps on happening. So we're like really talking, talking it out and really discussing it and trying to learn from it, you know? And he was like, yeah, this is the first time I have someone that is holding me accountable. This is the first time I have someone that is actually showing me my blind spots because, you know, in the past I didn't have a conscious partner. You know, I didn't have someone that knew their blind spots. You know, the last ex-girlfriend I had was extremely toxic and we would just fight and we would manipulate each other and it was just games the whole time, you know, but I didn't have someone actually consciously tell me, Hey, I don't like this, or this is a boundary for me, or could we talk about this? Cause it's bothering me and it's on my mind. And, you know, that made me feel good because I was like, that's great. I'm glad that I can, I can give you that. Um, but this, this can't go into that realm of codependency because again, we're, we're hitting a, a point where that can go downhill really quickly. So yeah, it was, it was, it's really interesting. And he is really grateful for that because he didn't know all the possibilities that there were with personal development. Yeah. And when you first met him, were you a little worried about his past? Like, like, is, yeah. is it, like, is this going to continue? Am I going to be able to put up with this? Like, is this going to change? Absolutely. Abs- oh my God. Absolutely. Because his past was different from mine. So I was like, uh, you know, is this no judgment, but is this going to continue? Like, is this something that I have to worry about? Like, is he a committed man, you know, or is he non-committal where he just likes to hook up with people? which is okay. I'm again, no judgment there, but I didn't want to be with someone like that. I was looking for someone who was committed and who was going to be with just one woman and that's it, you know? So 
that was definitely a conversation that we had and it was awkward because I was like the first two months of dating that we like talked about that stuff <laughs> and I was I remember him telling me about his past and I was like mm, don't judge don't judge don't judge <laughs> you know? like do your best to not judge but it was we're human, you know, and our natural first reaction is to be like, um, I don't get that because I never did that, you know, or I never fell into that path or I had a different, you know, history from you. So, but that, those differences is what really helps you grow. If you're conscious about it, like that stuff could really help you see things in a new perspective and a new light and seeing him in that perspective and understanding where he came from with that or why he did what he did was really helpful because it helped me see him in a different light and it also helps me feel reassured that this isn't going to be a thing this isn't his character you know this is just something that it, it was a phase he had gone through but he is a committed person and he does want a relationship and you know if you want to get deeper than that it's knowing his family values you know where that comes from and he comes from a family where he does have a, a connected family and he has two parents that have been married for 30 years, just like mine. So we come from very similar family, family backgrounds. And so that really helps as well. You know, that's not always uh, like a good judge of the relationship. You know, sometimes things are different and you might have a, a parents that are married for a certain amount of time and you might not want that. So, but still it was really helpful to get that perspective and to see things differently. And yeah, it just, it was an awkward topic. That's for sure. Yeah. It's always awkward to talk about your past. Yeah. And how'd you really like Definitely. open that open line of communication without being fair, like scared? Is this going to like scare him away by like opening up all this communication and all this like personal growth and you know, all these things that you didn't know how it was going to go with him, you know? Totally. Totally. Yeah. That was really, that was the, probably one of the scariest parts for me was I didn't want him to just run away if I brought this up, you know, but I knew in my mind that if he did run away, that isn't the guy that, you know, is right for me. Like as much as I liked him and as much as I was attracted to him, I told myself like, if this, if I can't be honest about my values and what I want and what I need from the very beginning, um, that's not going to go in the right direction because I'm not going to be true to myself. And then I'm not going to allow him to be true to himself. And then he, he's going to have, to, he's going to feel like he has to fit a certain mold. And I didn't want him to feel that way either. So that's like one thing I challenged myself on was if someone does not understand or accept what you need or want or what your boundaries are, then they're not meant for you. Once you know that you can really step away with peace and no judgment, understanding that there is someone else out there that will be better in alignment with who you are. Yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking, I'm still thinking about what you said earlier about how you were into personal development, your ex wasn't. I'm wondering, is it possible for someone who's into personal development to be in a relationship with someone who isn't? Like, is that possible? It is. I think that it is, but the other person it has to be high up on the other person's priority list. It not necessarily has to be number one. Like it is for me, it's number one on my priority list in a partner and in myself for the other person. It has to be up, up there, you know, at least the top three, the top three, like if they prioritize that, they need to be up there and they have to be willing to put in the work to be with, to be with me, you know, to be with the person that prioritizes it. Um, but it, I do find it to be very challenging when it's not because the other person is not going to get it, you know, and 
again, it doesn't mean that you're better or they're worse than you, or it has nothing to do with that. It's more so that they're not ready to step into that realm yet, or they haven't had their catalyst yet, or they haven't, they're not on that path yet, you know, and understanding that and being able to accept that and acknowledge that everyone's on a different journey helps a lot. It helps to not judge what the person's going through. And it also helps to be in alignment with who you are and to step out of the relationship if that's not something that you know value that you value or that you want in, in a partner but i do believe it's possible i do believe it's possible that both parties can be together it just has to be up there on the list of priorities so i think when you meet someone it's important to kind of get an idea of what they think and feel about personal development you know you don't have to be like is this number one on your list yes or no <laughs> We don't want to be so like aggressive when we talk about that stuff, but we do want to make sure that they at least value it enough to work on themselves and that you'll know that they're always going to want to grow because at the end of the day, that's what a relationship is, is two individual human beings putting in the work on themselves so they can come together and have a great relationship. And how you say that in a not aggressive way, just curious. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. I think, you know, letting them know like, Hey, uh, this is something that I value, you know, starting with what you value and letting them know what you think about it first and foremost, because that way it kind of settles the conversation and it's not an attack on their character. You know, we, we never want to attack people's characters. We want to come from a place of this is important to me and this is my need and these are my boundaries. And I'm just curious to know, what do you think about this? Like, what's your, what's your opinion on personal development? If you have any opinions, I would love to know. You know, just kind of express, expressing curiosity is exactly what open communication is. Letting them know that you're here to listen to them and to understand them and that you won't be judgmental. So that's really difficult on our end is to trying your best to um, come from a place of understanding and compassion, you know, and that's a practice, of course. That's, it, it sounds really easy, but it's challenging. <laughs> But yeah, just being able to express curiosity and ask them like, hey, I'm just curious to know like what your opinion is on this and what are your views on personal development or, you know, what is this something that you would, you'd be interested in, in, in getting into and no pressure, but I, you know, it's important that you do get to know that side of them. So you know exactly what you're getting yourself into. And how soon is too soon to talk about values and alignment and relationship? (laughs) (laughs) So I talked, I talked to my partner about it. I guess it was within the first two months of dating. So we talked probably like those conversations started coming out when we were talking about our, our sexual history and our past. That's when that ended up happening. So that was like the second month of us dating. And, you know, I wouldn't talk about it the first, on the first date, you know what I mean? Uh, You still want to give the other person some time to just allow them to come to you and tell you things and see if you can learn about them without you having to take things out of them, you know, but as time goes on and if you want something serious and you do feel like there is an attraction, then you could be like, okay, this is getting to a point where I do have very strong feelings for you. And I think we are going in a direction that is a little bit more serious. So I would love to know more about your values and your needs and your boundaries. And if, if your partner, if that, that person that you're going out with has relationship experience, they're most likely going to have specific needs or boundaries or values. Now for me, it was difficult with my partner because he didn't have a relationship for a very long time. So he felt a little bit lost when I asked him that question. Cause he's like, I really don't know. 
<laughs> what my needs or boundaries are. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Like, I'm just curious to get to know you more. And I just want to be able to make you feel comfortable in our relationship. You know, I don't want to cross any boundaries. If you have any, I want to make sure that I am, I am showing up in the best way I can. But usually that comes out eventually in the relationship. And sometimes we don't necessarily know what our needs and boundaries are until something happens that triggers us. And then we're like, okay, this doesn't feel good. You know, this is something that I'm not okay with. And that's when you can really talk in depth about why it doesn't feel good. Mm. It's all trial and error (laughs) (laughs) at the end of the day. (laughs) Yeah. So when you're getting into a new relationship, how do you keep it so you're not like so into it that you're losing yourself in the relationship or at any stage of a relationship? How do you hold on to you and just hold on to staying yourself throughout the relationship? Yeah. So in my opinion, I feel like keeping your own hobbies and making sure you have your own support system always in place, doing things that you enjoy, keeping up on your own personal development, like that's a really good way to set that boundary between you and your partner so you don't become enmeshed. Um, I think the beginning of the relationship is tricky because like all these hormones are flying and all we want to do is be with our partners because <laughs> it's novel. It's like the novelty of it and it's new. And during that time period, all we want to do is have sex with our partners and just physically be with them. Again, it's that's, that's hormones and biology that gets involved. But I think being able to remind yourself of like, this isn't going to be like this forever. You know, eventually we're going to get to a point where the honeymoon phase wears off. That happens. We have to be able to have our own individuality because that's when it comes, that's what it comes down to. Um, And that's what makes a healthy relationship is having your own, your own stuff and your own friends and your own time to yourself, giving yourself space to do what you want to do, you know, finding that balance and, that looks different for everybody. It really depends on your personality and your partner's personality. But for me and my partner, it was, you know, we both, luckily we both really value our space. And so it was easy for us. Like nobody got offended whenever we were like, Hey, I can't see you every day. You know what I mean? Like I could see you three times a week and you know, like we'll, we'll play around with those, with the days. It doesn't always have to be three times a week, but you know, I do need my space and I do like to work on myself and do my own thing. And I also, I'm very busy with career. And so is he. So that was, that was easy for us to be like, okay, yeah, we're good with that. No one's offended here, but sometimes people might expect a little bit more from their partners if they want more time to spend with them. And then if your partner is a little bit more on the avoidance scale and they're like, oh, you know, I don't really like to physically hang out as much or their love language is different and it shows up differently. It might not be quality time, which we'll dig into that after, but that can be a a bit of a, a, of an issue in the beginning, unless you're both, again, you both have to be willing to understand where each other is coming from and not take it personally. It it comes down to being able to be like, okay, I'm not going to take this personally as much as this hurts or it upsets me. I'm going to be able to move forward with it and know that it's okay. And we both are entitled to taking space and doing our own thing whenever we feel it. So what's your thoughts on like instant connection? Like you meet someone, the conversation's good. It just flows just an instant connection versus do you think connection takes time and that you have to give it more time to build? Should you still give opportunities to maybe the connections that aren't necessarily fully there yet? And how much time should you give them before you like rule it out? Like this one's not going to work. Yeah. So 
in my opinion, actually, this is a really good, because I've been thinking about this recently, this idea of like falling in love, right? Like the way Hollywood depicts it and, you know, music and just the entertainment industry and just Disney and stuff like that. Like it's like love at first sight. And we're so accustomed to seeing love in that way. In my opinion, I feel like most of the time when that, when that like instant attraction happens, it's lust. And it's more so just the physical aspect of the attraction. So that's more on a scientific, scientific biological level of, you know, my, like, it's the chemistry that's, that, that exists between us. And I just lust you or just I'm physically attracted to you and I want to have sex with you and all these things. But I think it really comes down to growing in love rather than falling in love. And that's how I like to rewrite that narrative of like, it absolutely takes time for there to be love. And instant attraction is wonderful. And if it's there, then that's like amazing, but it doesn't always have to be there. You know, that can grow over time. And that gives a lot of people like comfort because, you know, sometimes they're like, yeah, I like really want to be with this guy. There's no sexual chemistry or I'm not necessarily physically attracted to him, but that can absolutely grow. And that can come from the fact that you, you are growing with that person. So it does take, in my opinion, it does take time to really cultivate like actual love because love at the end of the day is really mutual understanding and respect. Um, and that's where love grows and comes from. But again, it's a choice to make every single day and to show up every day with that person and with yourself. And that's, that's difficult. You know, it's not, it's not necessarily very easy. And I also think that um, it does take Probably I would say you start to really get to know someone more at like the six month mark, in my opinion. And also like research states that like, you know, that's when the honeymoon starts to wear off, you know, six months to two years about. So that's when you start to really start seeing shifts in the relationship and the person starts like letting their guard down a little bit more. And that's when you can be like, okay, is this, is this going anywhere? Is this serious? Do I still have feelings for this person? Or was this like a moment of like, fleeting, fleeting lust, you know, or attraction. So really being able to check in with yourself and be conscious with who you are. Again, it all comes down to what do I want and do I truly love this person or want to be with them? Or is this just uh, a temporary feeling or is it coming from a place of validation? Like, are we seeking validation in one way or another? So um, yeah, just kind of asking yourself that is really important and it helps you figure out whether or not you want to continue dating that person. So do you think it's good to give like multiple dates versus just rolling out at like the first or second date? What's your opinion on that? Yeah, absolutely. I do think multiple dates are important because, and also multiple dates in different environments. I think that that's really huge too. I feel like a lot of people don't really talk about that, but like being able to see your partner with their friends with your friends, with family, at a bar, in, in a professional uh, atmosphere, in different, like at a fitness class, like it's really important to see how they react in certain places because people will always act differently with like their friends and obviously depending on the level of comfort. Um, so being able to actually like, like kind of get an idea of who they are with different people is super important. And you want to be able to show them who you are too with your, with your friends and the people in your life. So that's why that, that intimacy is so important of like the whole meeting of families and friends is so important. It doesn't have to happen in the beginning of the relationship, but it is a really big deciding factor of whether or not you want to be with this person. Because 
they're a package deal. You know what I mean? When you get with your partner and you don't really like their friends and you just completely cannot stand them, like that's going to be a clash as time goes on, you know, and it might not be in the beginning because you're like, whatever. And you start thinking like, I could change my partner or they can change their friends. They're going to pick me over their friends. You know, we start thinking that we can control our partner to be what we want them to be. And that's not the case. You know, they're going to stay friends with these people for as long as you know, they want to. <laughs> so um, that's really important. And also family, getting to know what their family dynamics are and if that feels right to you. And if you get along with their family members, you know, that is a massive package deal. And that's something that you're going to have to deal with forever for as long as their, their family's alive and there. So um, yeah, seeing them in different environments is really, really important and many times as well. And how much healing do you think you should do before you get into a relationship? How do you know that you're ready to go into one? So I used to think that like I had to be fully healed to get into a relationship or, you know, like there's like posts on Instagram and these quotes that say, oh, you know, you have to love yourself in order to attract someone that loves you and, you know, attract a relationship. And I used to really believe that, but like now that I'm, experienced so many different things in the shift from my ex to this relationship. Now I'm thinking that's not necessarily true. We do have to have a level of self-love and self-appreciation, of course, but it's not necessarily true that we have to be fully healed because we might not ever be fully healed, you know, and that's the reality is we're human. We have trauma and we have shit that we, that we bring into every relationship. And it's okay to have that, you know, we're allowed that, but that doesn't mean that we have to be perfect. And in order for someone to love us, our partner should be able to accept us for who we are and accept our packages while we continue to work on it while we're, while we are with our partner, but they have to be willing to be like, okay, this is your package. These are your traumas. This is what you come with. This is your past. Even if I don't understand it, I still want to be with you and I still want to hold your hand through it and support you. Not do the work for you, but support you and, and, and you know, have you really do the work and step in for yourself. So I think that it's not, it's not necessarily true. It's, I think it's a balance. Like we do have to have self-love, but we don't have to be fully healed. And that really looks different for everybody. Some people might be fully healed after six months of a breakup. You know, some people might be fully healed like five years after. So it really depends on the level of your, your healing and your tolerance of what happened, you know, the trauma that, that you've experienced in relationships, um, the amount of time that you were with someone, that's a really big factor too. So yeah, it just, it really all depends. Each person is very different and it's very specific for everyone. So yeah, for me, I find that I, I'm able to heal quickly from relationships as long as I'm working on myself. If I'm like into personal development and after a breakup, I get into that, then I can really get to a place where I feel more comfortable and more at ease with calling in love and, and being with another person. Yeah. And can you get into the different love languages and share what yours are as well? Yeah, absolutely. So there's five love languages. We have quality time. We have words of affirmation. We have physical touch. We have acts of service. We have uh, receiving gifts. Was that five? Yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. 
Because I'm like, there's no more. Yeah, so there's five love languages. And my all, I mean, everyone always says like, oh, but I like receiving gifts, but this isn't my top love language. And we can like all of the love languages. Like we can really appreciate all of it. But there's always two or three that we're most dominant with that we really feel love when our partner shows us in that form. So for me, it's number one is quality time. Number two is acts of service. And number three is physical touch. So that's really how I find that my partner can give me love in those three ways. And I'm like fulfilled (laughs) and I'm like, okay, I'm happy now. And I give love the same way that I receive it, you know? So I give love in quality time. I give love with acts of service and I give love with physical touch. Unless my partner has different love languages, then I can give love in a different way, depending on what his are. So there has to be a level of like, you know, understanding, not necessarily compatibility, because we're not always going to have the same love languages as our partner. But we do have to have understanding of like, they have different love languages, and they will show me love in a different way. And I will show them love in a different way. But that requires a whole lot of communication, you know, and constant reassurance of, I love you, and I give you love in this way. But that doesn't mean that I don't appreciate you or don't don't love you if I don't do an act of service for you, for example. And I think like one, one example I've had with my partner was one of his top love languages is, is, um, words of affirmation. He loves being like being loved and being told that he's amazing and all these things. Um, And he, he started to feel at one point that I wasn't really saying like many things like that. Like I would appreciate him through words, but he wanted a little bit more of reassurance. And he told me, he's like, yeah, that's one of my love languages. And Sometimes I feel like, you know, I don't necessarily receive it as much from you. And it was a conversation that we had to have because I didn't know that. And he wasn't necessarily feeling loved because I wasn't telling him that, you know, he's amazing and that giving him constant reassurance. And for me, I felt like, and I, I also opened up to him and I was like, I, my, one of my love languages is um, acts of service. And I need that in order to feel loved and appreciated. Um, And I felt like there was a clash between us because he expresses love by saying he loves me and he says all these beautiful things, but then sometimes he doesn't follow through with the action. So then I'm just like, uh, service. I need action, you know, (laughs) over words. And he needs words over action, basically. So that's when we were like, oh, okay, gotcha. We could do this. Like we could totally like work on this. And we've gotten to the point where we have worked on it. Like I go the extra mile to express to him that I love him and care about him. And he goes the extra mile to show me that he cares and loves me through like cooking me food, like just doing something for me, helping me with a project that I might have, you know, stuff like that. And it makes me feel really appreciated. Uh, So it requires a lot of communication and conversation, open communication and honesty. And it requires that you know what your love languages are in the first place. Because if you don't know how you receive love or how you give it, then you can't really tell your partner what you want or don't want. You're, you're not in touch with that part of yourself. So it's really important to be able to speak about that openly. Yeah. And can you go into some ways to invest in a relationship and how to fight smarter into that too? Mm. <laughs> Fighting smarter. <laughs> a challenge that we all have. So investing in a relationship. So basically, in, in my opinion, I think that, of course, 
love and relationships require a lot of effort and um, it's not always meant to be easy. I think we're always going to have things thrown at us. You know, life is always going to throw challenges and situations and triggers and we're meant to take that and like grow with it. You know, we're not meant to shy away from it or step away from the relationship. You know, we're like, we want to be able to work with this person forever. That's the goal. The goal is always to be with this person for the long run. And in order for that to happen, you have to be willing to put in that work and that effort constantly. So investing in a relationship looks like communicating openly and letting your partner know what's on your mind. Even the smallest things that you might not feel is necessary to talk about, talk about it, you know, say it. Cause that might be an issue down, down the, down the, the, the line of the relationship. Like eventually you might hit a point where you might explode or blow up if that's something that you don't openly communicate spending time with them, making sure that you do take time out of your busy schedule to be with them and be present with them. You know, don't just sit on your phone and ignore them, but actually go out of your way to plan dates and invest every week in their relationship physically. Another thing is doing little things for them that they will appreciate, you know, like maybe getting your partner some flowers, if that's something that they really like every once in a while, or bringing them some home, a, a home cooked meal or anything like that. So really going above and beyond to show your partner that you're still here for them. And that really um, helps the trust in the relationship. And you start to feel that and then you start to feel like you can let your guard down and you start to feel like you can fully be with this person and be your authentic self. So that's a few ways that, you know, I think is really important in a relationship and fighting smarter, of course, is also very important because we're always going to get into fights. <laughs> Conflict is always going to be a thing. We're never going to escape it as much as we want to. So being able to step aside from your ego, which is quite possibly one of the most difficult things that we can do, but stepping aside from that and looking at your relationship like a team, right? Like not doing that me versus you mentality, but having the us versus the problem mentality of like, what is the actual issue here? And what is it that we're actually fighting about? Like, what are we searching for here? Are we searching for love? Are we searching for connection? Are we searching for effort? Is there something missing in the relationship that that's why we're feeling kind of insecure with each other? So trying to get to the core of the issue helps you step away from actually bickering and hurting each other and criticizing each other. Because at the end of the day, it's not about that. It's about something deeper than that. You know, and people like, I always hear people are like, oh my God, I live with my partner and we got into a massive fight because he left the toilet seat up, you know, or because he is super messy or this and that. And yes, those are things that might be annoying and they might be quirks that you're not okay with. But when you get into explosive fights about that, there's something underneath it. And that's asking you to look at the actual situation and be smarter about picking those battles and how you pick those battles. Cause it, it all comes down to how you do that. Yeah. And what's something lighting you up right now? Okay. So many things, but <laughs> I guess like just my career and being able to help other people and waking up every day and knowing that I am living my passion and I'm living my purpose and doing something that fulfills me and brings me a lot of joy and also inspires other people to step into their power and do what they're meant to do as well. What is something that most people don't know about you? hard. <laughs> Most people don't know that I can be very sensitive and very emotionally reactive. 
um, I think I, I always put up like this wall and people think that I'm like a really tough person and that I have it all figured out. And truth is, no, I don't. <laughs> I am learning day by day how to be a better person and show up in a better way for myself and for others in my life. And, you know, I just want to share that and, and let people know that I'm not perfect. And just because I am in the realm of coaching or because I do help other people be great partners doesn't necessarily mean that I am a hundred percent perfect and have it all figured out. What's something that you're learning right now? I'm learning how to fight smarter, actually. (laughs) So I'm actually putting that to practice. I'm learning how to break the cycle of conflict that I have with my partner. And that's been really tough. This, This month has been really difficult because we're going through so many transitions in our personal lives. So that can get really involved. And so we are making sure that we communicate a lot and we're making sure that we are 100% invested going forward still at this point in the relationship and making sure that these cycles that we keep hitting of conflict and fighting and arguing stops and we're, we're able to see things from a different perspective. So that's been a big part of our growth right now. And if you're having a bad day, what do you do to shift your energy? I usually either journal or I meditate. And then on the rare occasion, I'll go for a brisk walk or I'll do some exercise. I love working out and I love like being physical, but I think like my number one thing is really going inward and figuring out what's, what's happening in my internal world and figuring out how I can move forward from this point, this low point. What's something that makes you feel alive? It could be anything. Traveling. <laughs> I love traveling. It's unfortunate that, you know, right now it's difficult to travel, but I can't wait to be able to do that again because that definitely makes me feel alive and refreshed and just like a new version of myself. Any places you want to go to? Yes, I definitely want to go to Hawaii. I'm really being called to go there. I've had a couple of friends go there like before the pandemic hit and they were like, Oh my God, it was so magical. And I, it was just amazing. And I'm like, I know I really want to go there. (laughs) Thanks for the reminder. But yeah, I definitely want to go there. Uh, I want to go to Costa Rica. I just want to go anywhere that tropical right now. Like that's what I want to (laughs) do. That's the goal. And if you could give one piece of advice to someone going through a breakup right now, what would you tell them? I would tell them to take that time to really love themselves and get to know themselves more. Um, I think there's no better feeling than actually getting in touch with who you are and finding a way to find that power and come back to yourself and just be able to look past that and understand that the breakup that you're experiencing right now is simply just a lesson that is coming up for you to integrate and to learn. Um, And yes, it's painful. And yes, you're allowed to cry. You're allowed to be angry. You're allowed to grieve, but being able to kind of step out of that and understand that this will get better and that this is just another obstacle that you're hitting, but it's going to be amazing once you're out of it. And if you can go back in time and talk to your 20 year old self, what would you tell her? So many things, but (laughs) (laughs) my number one thing would be 
learning to value myself and to put myself first. I think when I was 20, 21, when I was with my ex and just in general, I would always put other people before me and I would disregard my needs. Even when I knew that I wanted or needed something, I wouldn't really pay attention to that. And I would just cross my own boundaries and allowed myself to be a doormat and to be walked over. And that's something that didn't feel right to me back then and certainly doesn't feel right now. But I would absolutely tell someone that is in that situation right now, especially if they're younger, to just step into their power and to just keep going and and be strong about what it is that they want. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much, Sophia. This is amazing. <laughs> Where can people connect with you? So my personal Instagram is at Yasmin Elzamore. And then my coaching Instagram where I post all the quotes and all the advice is at the Yasmin Elzamore. Um, and, you know, everyone that is listening to this right now, you guys are more than welcome to just uh, slide into my DMs and ask me all the questions and get all the advice. Um, I don't bite. I'm open to helping you guys out. And if you want to set up a coaching session, we can also talk about that. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love if you can leave me a review on iTunes. Please feel free to share it with any friends you think the story would resonate with. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.